we thank you. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you for your mercy that we received every day. You were here with us on the first. You were here with us on the second. You were here with us on the third. Even yes, yesterday, Lord, the fourth. And you are here with us today. Thank you for all you did in January. Thank you for the things you have done already within this month. Thank you for what you will do from this hour. May the glory of your presence never depart from our lives. May we be equipped with the power of insight to the understanding of your will and your perfect will for us. May the heart of Christ with tabernacle turn towards you. And only you, the living God, to serve you with all our hearts so that we can manifest the grace that you are freely given. According to the book of the Acts of Apostles, may there be manifestations among us in a dimension as it is in the scriptures so that we can fulfill our destiny for this generation. This we ask and thank you is done as we ask in Jesus' holy name. Somebody say amen. Look at some beside you and say amen to him. Put your hands together for the Lord. Please let's take our seats. This morning we want to go straight away into sharing the word of God. I want to first say that it has been an exciting month for us. February is already exciting. Hallelujah. You know, we were here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, sorry, um, first, second, third, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Really, we were here on Tuesday for the Bible study. And some of us have been here praying Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And yesterday, a team was on the streets evangelizing. It is your turn once in a month to join the team. And we had tremendous visitation Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And on Friday, the Lord allowed us to do anointing service. Well, we had testimonies from some people, but yet many more testimonies have been told to me. I want to just share with you, first of all, the testimony of one of our members who was a member in Abuja, but has now, she has now moved to the United States of America. She's a medical doctor by profession, but she's moving practice into the United States. And she wrote a text saying that she had a condition. That condition, she wrote the medical name there, is humongous. And her condition was in the physical to a layman. She always has 25 boils under her armpit. And these 25 boils continue to be there, not something that goes and comes and so It continues to be there. As a medical doctor herself, she had tried all her best and she went to experts and, uh, in that field and they tried all their best in the States. They treated that with all manners of stuff, but the boil refused to leave. And it has always been a demise for her. But on the 31st of December, she said, while we were worshiping the Lord, I started praying 
And that time, I commanded every lump within and without growth to vanish. She said, Apostle, I want to testify that all the 25 boys disappeared. And she said, till today, I've not seen them again. That excites me. It excites me because signs and wonders is a proof or a confirmation that God attends to his word. Now, this morning, therefore, I want to share with you on who are we, Christ the Tabernacle. Today is first Sunday of the year, of the month. Every first Sunday of the month, all Christ the Tabernacle globally, they conduct what we call Apostle Sunday. That is a Sunday that all the ministers will sit down with their congregation and they will play a message from me, one of my teaching tapes. Their pastor will look for one of those teaching tapes that, you know, God inspires him to, to play to his church. And they will play it. And we have had testimonies of great things happening through those teaching tapes. From India to Nigeria to Ireland to Germany and other churches in the UK. But first Sunday, which is Apostle Sunday for you, I am here physically. That is different from hearing my voice on the tape. And I want to say to you, the reason why we will have the first Sunday as Apostle Sunday is this. People who belong to this church, but who are not in this city, or in this parish where I can physically talk with you. It is very great for them to hear from me once in a month. Because I was the visioner. It is I that Jesus appeared to February 1984. And gave me the instruction about the template of the church he is sending me to set up. And I set that up, set up the church in the template. And it is very great for everyone who God had brought to this family all over the world to hear from their father. It does a lot to the work of the local pastor. Because the messages they hear from my pastor is the same they are hearing from me. And when people hear from me, even when some people are finding it hard to swallow what their pastors are teaching them, they will say, oh, <laughs> this is the same spirit. And we have seen a lot of affirmation of this. Really, I'm very much impressed by the testimony that I'm hearing from various branches in the area of manifestation of God's power too. So this morning, therefore, my duty is to take you further into who we are. This church, the Lord told me to set up a church exactly like the book of Acts. Something about the book of Acts which we have been looking at is this. In the book of Acts, every member is vitally important. In other words, everyone has a grace. The duty of the church of God is to develop the grace in you. But that duty is a double-sided duty. 
That is, the church needs to teach you, but you need to hear and apply. In the place where you hear and you don't apply, you'll be sitting on the pews of the church throughout your lifetime until the Lord calls you away. And you will discover that you have so much to offer humanity, but because you did not use what you were taught. So therefore, our first lesson in the book of Acts is chapter 1 of the book of Acts. It says in the former book of Theophilus, I, have begun to, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So we recognize from there that lesson number one, the principle of Jesus is that Jesus led by example. Jesus led by example. I've gone through this with you, but I'll just five minutes go through everything and take you to deeper things today. And I told you that leading by example is the, if the key to effective leadership. What you do has more effects on people than what you say. The second thing I told you is that you should take note. Jesus did before teaching. And he wants us to do the same. Then we look at the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12, which says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me, Jesus said, will do what I have been doing. Then he says, he will do greater things than this because I am going to the Father. Now we understand and I want to remind you that I told you that this word is to every born again. Everyone born again can do everything Jesus did. Everyone born again can do greater things than what Jesus did. Why? Because Jesus is going to the Father. So in his position up with the Father, he can make everything happen. But he can only make everything happen through a person who has total faith in him. On Wednesday, we were, we were talking about Jesus. We were praying in line with Jesus. And there was one of the members of the choir. She was crying on Friday. And I got to know after the service why she was crying. They went to Shiloh Pillars in the morning. Shiloh Pillars is in this church. You know, we have Shiloh Pillars in the day. Uh, for, for cathedral now, you are having it on um, Tuesdays, 10 a.m. to 1 to, to 11 where some members gather, they pray, and they read the Bible from Genesis chapter by chapter. And what happened was that that morning, the Lord told them to pray from John chapter 11, verse 40 to 44. This is exactly the prayer request I told you to pray. is what the, the lady who led the prayer told the group to pray. Word for word. So, those who were in that meeting were shocked that, you know, we haven't spoken to apostle. But word for word, what the lady led from the same scripture, Apostle is leading. What did I lead you? Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus and he says, Father, I thank you because you have had me. Then he said, and I thank you because you always hear me. Then he said, I said this not because of me, but because of these people, that they may know that you sent me. And then he looked at the corpse and said to the corpse, Lazarus, come forth. 
And I told you to pray. The, the, what made Jesus, what brought Jesus to that height is his confidence in the Father. Jesus does not have a doubt that if he says something, God wouldn't do it. Jesus had full confidence in the Father. One, that the Father sent him. He is the Son of the Father. Therefore, anything he says on behalf of the Father, the Father will honor. Faith in the Son brings manifestation of power also. If the Son has faith in the Father, and so the Father did everything the Son wanted. Therefore, anyone who has faith in me says, Jesus, he will do the things I've been doing, and greater work shall he do. Because I go to the Father. Listen to me. If we look at therefore, what brought such confidence into Christ about the Father? It's the same thing that happened to Elijah. Elijah said there shall be no dew or rain except by my word. He did not ask permission from God because he knows if he can say it, God will honor it. In the book of Joshua, Joshua stood at the valley of Aijalon and says, You sons stand still. I will talk about that with you this month. At the valley of Aijalon. And the rotation of the earth along the axis stopped. And the revolution of the earth along the orbit stopped. For 24 hours, and we found it in science. How could mortal men speak on behalf of God? It is relationship. John, Jesus said in the book of John chapter 5, if you look at verse 19, it says that I, uh, you know, I, I do what I see my father do. The father loves the son and he shows him all he does. And in John 10, he went forward to say that the reason why the father loved the son is that the son gave his life. So we understand therefore that God expects every Christian to give their life to the cause of the gospel. We have spoken too much. Let us begin to do more than speaking. And you see, in this case, it's not just that one person. We know we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have gifts. Okay? Romans 12 also talks about gifts. But this, I'm saying, has nothing to do with gifts. Jesus said, anyone, which means anyone, who has faith in me, will do the things I've been doing, and greater work shall he do, because I go to my Father. Some people, if you look at the next verse, before we go to that, the next verse is, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now we understand that many Christians in churches all over the world, they say, oh, I prayed, I prayed, and God didn't do anything. Don't you understand? There's a condition to it. He first said, if you have faith in me, you will do the works I've been doing, then I will. Listen to anything you want, you say. So if a Christian does not live like Christ and does not walk like Christ, it will hinder Christ from doing what you are asking him. I have met some people who say that, you know, I've been going to church, church didn't work for me. <laughs> church can't work for a person who didn't work for church. Are we together now? Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, it says, But I know the plans I have towards you says the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. Okay? But the next verse says, and you will come and pray unto me, 
You will call me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. So we understand the fact, therefore, that God is willing to do, but man has a part to play. Those of us who have broken through into that is because we recognize our part and we play it. There is no anointing upon any Christian more than another Christian. Okay? Your ability to operate God depends on your relationship with the God you want to operate. But let me say this to you. It works also for the devil. Those who serve the devil. You want to operate devil well, then you must pay more sacrifice. It is the law of the spirit. Really, let me say this to you. It works for you too. In your office, if you want to rise to the top, what do you do? You work recklessly. You must work harder than other people for you to be promoted to be the boss of others. Not every one of you who started in the company become directors of the company. Some are dropped behind. When they do assessments, they will elevate some, they will retain some. They will do another review, they will elevate some, they will retain some. And you can have somebody who joined a company and the first assessment, they took him up to higher level. Then they did another assessment, they took him beyond that level to another head level. Then they did another assessment, they took him to the higher level. And within 10 years, he is now the director of people he met there. Equally qualified. But the difference is that the guy is outstanding in his loyalty, is committed to go to, their, to his work beyond others. And I was teaching you about uh, the, one of the major fundamental problems of marriage as the doctrine of loyalty and doctrine of confidentiality, which is a fiduciary duty for those of you who understand that. That that is the bedrock of trust. Is the bedrock of trust. So if a man can be loyal to God, then God will trust you. And Jesus says this clearly. If you have faith in me, that's the beginning of it. You will do the things I've been doing. But when you do the things I've been doing, then anything you ask in my name, I will do it. So every Christian can fall into the, into the position and ask him from God and he will do it. So if God doesn't answer you, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Let me just allude to something. I have heard some people say that, you know, God cannot just send many people to hell. I mean, God is loving. How can he just let everybody go to hell? That's not possible. It looks reasonable, but it's, it's the most unreasonable thought a man can have. Because let me say this to you, your system in this world does not respect you and I, but it respects the same a principle. Okay? Anybody who plays away in his young age, okay? And when he was young, he was just going about doing fraud and doing all manners of stuff. He will end up in his old age in regret. Why people who committed themselves to seek for the truth and to study and to put in their energy to building their own life, not detracted, when they are in their 30s, in their 40s, they have enough. They have more than enough. They begin to rise up in the society to be recognized, to be respected. Whereas they have mates in the primary school who end up being garbage collectors. They have mates in secondary school who end up living on, on dough for life. If the society does not think about, oh, we should, everybody should have equal life, all right? And it doesn't matter to the government, it doesn't matter to society, what anybody chooses to become. The one who did well, 10, 15 years, will live comfortable. It has nothing to do with the devil, it has to do with you. All right? So therefore, how dare you think billions go to hell will mean anything to God? 
It doesn't. Heaven does not remember hell. I've said it to Pastor Tyler to remind me. Before the end of this month, I'm going to do a, a teaching with you on the reality of hell. We will look at hell expo. People go to hell. Three types of people go to hell. Those who did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior go to hell. That's number one. Second thing, those who have accepted him and they took him for granted and then they live their life anyhow, go to hell. Thirdly, preachers of the gospel, there are many there. Or leaders in the household of faith. The same thing that will make a Christian end up his life in hell, make a leader in the church end up his life in hell. I would get that. So therefore, when we are on earth, God expects you to paint your eternity. He expects you to decide what happens to you after death. God will not decide for you. As your parents cannot decide for you to study when you are younger, they may tell you to study, but they cannot decide for you to study. When you leave and you go away from them, you can do whatever you like. Some will do sensible things, and then they will keep all the rules that they were taught at home to guard their hearts. It looks like pain. It looks like they are depriving themselves of what others call pleasure. But in about 10, 15 years' time, you meet the people who you were together, and you discover that there's a big gap. Once that gap comes, that gap will continue to increase until death. Same thing with eternity with God. I will together now. Therefore, Jesus said it emphatically that we must have faith in him and we must do the things that he's been doing. Now, let me now take you into just a few other things. Haven't we said that we looked at what, has, what, what was Jesus doing really? What has he been doing? The book of John chapter 14, the preceding verses, verse 9 to 11 says, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you so, such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you see she was the Father? Verse 10, don't you believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me? Now understand this. The word I speak to you are not just my own. Underline that. Why? Because the Father is in me. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. He began by saying, the word I speak to you. And then he ended up by saying, the Father is doing his work. So therefore, we can say, beginning of the work of a man is your words. Do you see what I'm saying? Come on now. This is CFT. International Equality. Let's read that scripture again. Jesus says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. The word his work, what does he refer to? What was he referring to? Word. The word I speak to you. Did you see what I'm saying? If you saw it, raise your hand and wave your hands like this. You know, when I'm talking to cathedral people, I'm very much intellectual. Sometimes. Because I want to provoke your reasoning. I have a lot of intellectual in, in, um, in the cathedral. Hello? 
God says, come, let us reason together. Jesus says here, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Words is work. Your work begins from your word. That's the reason why you must speak like Jesus, reason like Jesus, and do things like Jesus. Are we together now? I, I can't hear you. Good. Let me help you with some other things. <laughs> we are going to hit some big stuff in this meeting. So therefore, verse 11, it says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of what? Shall we read it together? Believe me. Excuse me, what is the evidence that the Father is in you? Two things he mentioned here. The words that I speak and the miracles I perform. Say the words I speak, the miracles I perform. That's the evidence. Evidence means proof. You cannot convict a man for a crime without an evidence. Neither can you promote a man in the office without an evidence. A student cannot be given distinction in his academics without an evidence. A woman cannot marry a man without an evidence. A man cannot marry a woman without an evidence. So evidence is the proof of reality, not theory. That is the reason why the beginning of this scripture says in the former book of Theophilus, I have written concerning what Jesus began to do because your dust is evidence. If you confess love in your mouth to your spouse, that doesn't make anything, you know. What you do go deeper than your confession. Because when you confess something without the work of the thing, then the person will say you are what? Fake, isn't it? Then let's look at, can we do what Jesus did? <clears throat> look at the book of Second John. No, First John. Really? Chapter 2 from verse 3. So we have recognized that the works that Jesus is speaking about here interprets into two things at the context of this scripture. The first thing is the word he speaks and the miracles he performs. Now understand this. Everything that Jesus did, you can do it. Come and say amen to me. Okay. So he spoke word of life. You can speak word of life. Yes? You can stop speaking word of death that kills man, makes man miserable, and destroys man's future. And change your word with the word of life that can change your tomorrow. It does not matter what your circumstance today is. You can paint a new picture tomorrow through your lips. Jesus said the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
Alright? With your tongue, you speak and you are justified or you are condemned. If you are brought to the law court and the judge, they read all your cases and they say, guilty or no guilty, and you keep quiet. Silence is admittance. It means that you are guilty. If you are guilty and you say you are not guilty, the judge believes it. And he will deal with you as non-guilty until evidence shows you guilty. Listen to me, therefore, with all your heart. Your tongue, your tongue can change your tomorrow. Your manifestation that goes with the tongue is the evidence of your approval among mankind. Look, look, let me say this to you. Anything Jesus is, that's what you are. Anything Jesus did, that's what you can do. I'm saying that not what you, will, you, you could do, but what you can. Because everything that is in Jesus is in you. Jesus did those things because the Father is in him. And those who are born again have who inside them? Jesus is in you. So if Jesus is in the Father and Jesus is in you, who is in you? The Father and the Son. So the Father who did the first miracle through Jesus, Jesus is in him. Then that Jesus entered into you, which means that the same Father and the Son who would perform the miracles jointly, they are inside you. That's why Jesus says, when I was in the physical, I'm limited. But when I become a spirit man back, then I can do everything. That's when I can enter into you. Now, I want us to understand something. Do you know that we all Christians are expected to become like Jesus? It's a progression. We have talked about that. Because it's a matter of mind development. Alright? And mind development comes by information. And information that you had, that is what made you to become a professional in any profession that you are doing right now. And the more you are informed in your professional, the more outstanding you become among your contemporaries. So is the word of God. The more knowledge of the Bible you have, the more like Jesus Christ you perform, you become. It becomes spontaneous because it becomes a skill. You can be a Christian for 20 years and yet nothing. Okay? Somebody can become a Christian in three months and beyond you because he knows the word. He studies the word. I was telling them in New Cross right a few minutes ago. Let me say this to you. In this church, we have prayer every day here at 7.30 now. It used to be 7, but it's not 7.30, to 8.30. We have Bible study every day, every week, by, on Tuesdays, where we read the Bible, study book by book. We have Shiloh Pillars for, for those who work in the night permanent, and they can come at 10 a.m. to study the Bible. And all these things are run by members, not by pastors, not by me, not by my, my mommy, my wife, but by members of the same church, you come to every Sunday, and they also come every Sunday. They come on, on Tuesday, they come on Friday, they come in the week to pray. Don't you understand that you who come on Sundays alone, there's nothing you can do, you can't know what they know. I called a lady out in New Cross to come and share with them, the lady who led the prayer that I led on Friday. And she began to tell what they, were, what they learned on the Friday in the morning and what led to the inspiration of the prayer they prayed. And she mentioned some, some, some strange names in the Bible. And I said to those who were, who, who were there that if you were not there to study, those names, now some of you, if I say Jezreel, some people who are Christians for 30 years, they never had Jezreel. They were asking me, what is Jezreel? 
Listen to me. Blessings from God is not automatic. It is a contract. God said, turn unto me, and I will turn unto you. So if a man willingly turn away from God, God will turn away from you. And allow you to just be in the hands of Satan for a little while, so that he can teach you some lesson. Alright? So therefore, if anybody says, I turn to God, but does not study him and know him, it is himself. Do I have valid scripture to, to back that up? Yes, for John chapter 2 from verse 3. It says that we know that we have come to know him. If we do what? Come on now, church. If you do what? Look at somebody beside you and say, obey his commands. Turn to the second person and tell him, obey his commands. When I was in Nucleus and I preached, they shout. All of you are British. English, really. Speaking to English. You only shout in Millwall Football Stadium. In the house of God, you keep quiet. I will show you something in the Bible now. So, that little says that we know, all of us know, that we have come to know him if we do what? Obey his command. So, anybody who is a Christian who does not obey the command of Jesus, you are not a Christian really. That's what he's saying. Is it does it? The next verse. It says, the man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is what? Is what? Is what? I can't hear you. I thought what liar means in our interpretation of grammar is different from this definition of liar. But I found out that the true definition of liar is scripturally, is in the Bible. One liar is a person who says, I know him, but he doesn't obey his command. You are a Christian, but you behave anyhow. <laughs> you are not a Christian, really. You only escort them to church. <laughs> you see? Because anybody who goes to university and he doesn't know what they teach there, he always graduates with zero. He will be telling you, when I used to be in uh, Oxford and Cambridge, he wouldn't understand that if you go to Oxford, you can't go to Cambridge at the same time. That you can just know that he didn't go anywhere. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Church is not a place for fun. It's a place of learning. A place of learning. To make a better use of your future life. God has a better plan from, for you than you ever know it. God does not need you to have a father or a mother. God can take care of a, a, a child who, that is a man in Nigeria. He was born by a prostitute mother, and the mother dumped him by the roadside to die. And a good Samaritan was picked by God, who passed through the road and picked that boy up. He raised that boy up, he became the chief justice of the Federation of Nigeria, and a member of the world court. Don't tell me God can't take care of you. If you want him to take care of you, you dare to call him father. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long. If you honor God as your father, you will get benefits from him as a father. You will get it. I can tell you when I was young, many stories, but today I want to get through many things. The next verse, verse 5, says, But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know 
we are in him. Let me say this to you. If you are in fraud, how do we know? You obey the instruction of fraud. Isn't it? So, if you are in God, how do we know? You obey the instructions of God. And both have consequences. If you obey the instruction of fraud, one day, either you fast and pray, police will catch up with you. Yes? Your fasting and prayer will send you to a big, long sentence. Jail. If you are lucky, they will give you maximum sentence. Everyone you obey, you have a result from it. Those of you who, many years ago, you were laymen. You obeyed uh, your lecturers in the university. Now you are doctors and lawyers and, you know, maybe judges and, you know, engineers and computer scientists and all stuff like that, accountants and stuff like that. Because you obeyed those rules of engagement, that is what made you those things. Anything you obey, you get results from it. If you obey evil, you will get evil. If you obey, you know, promiscuity, you will get destruction. The Bible says, he that sows to the flesh will reap death. First Corinthians 15. But if you sow into God, you reap life and joy. Listen to me, therefore. The last verse says, Whoever claims to live in him must what? Come on now, let's read together. I want to go. So what is your claim today? Do you claim that you live in Jesus? You know Jesus? If you know Jesus, wave your hands to me. Let me close one eye and look at you all with your eye. <laughs> what a beautiful angels you guys are. Then walk like him. You know, the gospel of Christ is not to condemn a man. It's to help you. As I'm speaking now, I'm not backing. You're not hearing me say, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I'm not the son of a dog. If I was born by a dog, you will not hear English from my lips. Have you seen an Eng- a dog speak English? <laughs> it cannot be. The day that happens, I'm sure all of us will be out of England. You will take your portmanteau and run away. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> ah, in London, dogs are speaking. Ah, you buy a dog, he'll be telling you in your house, you better shut up now. <laughs> you pack your bag and baggage and you run for your life. We behave like human beings because we are human beings. So because you are of Christ, what tells is your behavior? It's your function. It's your function, not what you think. I have 10 more minutes with you. So therefore, the evidence that Jesus lives in a man is that you must walk like Jesus do you. Number two, the words you speak must come from the Father. Or it should be the scripture all the time. And number three, that is the evidence that we are talking about. Jesus says, believe my word and my works as my evidence. 
And we recognize that there are three things spoken there. You must walk like Jesus walked. First John 2, 48. Then the word you speak must be the word of Jesus Christ. That is the John, um, John 14, 9 to 11. The word you speak. And um, when I say the word you speak, if you do not prophesy, then your word should be backed up by the scriptures. Somebody offended me, and I wanted to reply. I check what is coming out of my mouth, whether it is scriptural. Though I have been offended, I have humanly legitimate right and spiritually to be angry, but then spiritually and contrary to humanly, I do not have a legitimate right to speak contrary to the word of God. I would get that. Why? Because every word I speak is a seed. I must reap it. The word I speak is a spirit. I may feel frustrated, but I will never say I am frustrated. Because if I bath it with my lips, it becomes a spirit which came from me, for me. If I failed in my examination, I acknowledge I failed. I will never blame the devil for it. I will check what I did wrong. Let me tell you a uh, you know, brief story I told them in, 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 in um, New Cross. It will help you. You know, for the past three weeks in this church, we have been having one event over the other, burial, all the ceremonies, uh, over uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all over the place. My three weeks ago, I submitted my assignment, the one I should submit on Saturday, and I, and I walked at it till 4 a.m. So by 4 a.m. I was tired. I was very tired. Because I'm coming to church in the morning. But I, it's because I've been so busy, so my format of studies, I didn't do it for two days. And so, I've read several pages, more than 50 pages of case laws and stuff like that. I had just one page. That is what happened to FSA. Okay? And it's just one line. I said, I'm tired. Lord, I'm tired. And I left it and I submitted that assignment. Alright? But for the week, I do seven assignments which will be marked into three. The first one, the last one, and the, the other within, they put it together as one. My lecturer marked it. And he gave me for that Sunday one, C. Alright? And then the other two, he gave me BB. And he wrote there, your work was excellent. Your case laws were very good. He said, your, your, your presentation was superb. He said, but for the fact that only one line you will have written, the acts that came from FSA, has now been changed. Well, it's not changed, but FSA itself now has now become this other organization. He said, that's just lying. He said, because you didn't put that, I will but mark you down. And he gave me C instead of A. And the one I had BB, he, he said, instead of A star. Excellent. I read it to you, you'll be shocked. That after your lecturer praised you so much, you were expecting to give you the best. And he just gave me B. He said, if you had noticed, and that is in law, law teaches you to be very definitive 
It teaches you not to speak unless you understand what you are saying. And when you open your mouth to speak, you don't have to speak many words. But every word you say must be sense. Because if you speak nonsense before the judge, he will show you the door out. Okay. So, when that happened to me last week, I didn't tell you my results. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the week before, I got Esther, Esther, Esther. So, I didn't tell you my results. I said to myself, what do you want to tell the church now? You see yourself. I said, okay, but, but, but this is it. What I have taught the church, I have to do. Why did I get that? I said, because I only needed to read another 30 minutes, one page. I knew it. I ignored it. Because I felt my body is tired. Is tiredness nothing, tiredness nothing in your mind? Do I? I'm not a kind. You see, the lecturer did that to me because I'm an A-star student and he cannot condone me to be lazy. And the only way he can speak strongly to me to wake up is just to mark me down. And I did what? I woke up. So last week one, I said to mommy, I made a vow to the Lord. Two things I will do with the rest of my life. I will seek God to the end. I will seek knowledge to the end. Okay? I told them in this church, we had marriage seminar for the past four days. If anybody comes to me, Apostle, I'm having a problem in my marriage, I will not waste my time again counseling anybody. I will say, go to the video. Because they won't come to the marriage seminar. There are some people who waste my time tactically, systematically, and I decided that I will not accept that for myself anymore. Okay? This one, I, I preach something. Now come and ask me the question about what I preach again. I prayed for everybody. Somebody will not come for a special prayer. What kind of prayer is that? I am also right now, I'm looking for people who will pray for me. Pray for me that I will have this time my examination. Full stop. Eh? So, once I bless you, you are blessed. I said I wouldn't like all those small folks. So, last week I gave it a go and blew it out. I was in a, in a birthday ceremony yesterday when I quickly looked into what I got. And it came again, Easter, Easter. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I said, I'm back to my feet now. I'm back to my feet. Now, this is the fact. Every failure you have, okay, is another opportunity to do better. Now, every battle of your life, God permitted you to train your hands for war and your fingers for battle so that you can become skillful. Okay? Many Christians mourn over problem. Problem is good. Because if you don't have problem, you cannot have solution. If you don't have solution today, you cannot have experience for tomorrow. There are many people who are old without experience. Because they didn't have much problem when they were young. Or maybe they coexisted with their problem, they never wanted to solve it. Understand. Thanks be to God. He gives us victory always through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't fear battle. If there is no fight, I told you, look for one. Not physical fight too, because I will not stand in law court to say that I am inciting violence in the, in the territory of England. I'm talking about spiritual war. Wake up in the morning and begin to destroy every devil that is attacking your, your, your neighbors. Wake up at 12 minutes and say, Father, I stand as the principality over this area. All this, my neighbor, the one who doesn't greet me, every devil that is attacking, I rebuke him, I rebuke him, I rebuke him. I rebuke him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Pray for him. 
When you destroy the devil that are, that are messing him up, he will wake up the next day and say, How are you, my friend? He said, Yeah, 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 you know your heart. I prayed for this man. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Understand this. We are Christ in the flesh. Because the Father and the Son lives in us. Let me conclude it for with you. Having said that, therefore, I told you that Christian leaders must be examples. And which is also God's people. Example number one. You must be an example in your way of life. You must be an example in your way of life. If you are not a Christian leader in the church, in your office you are a Christian leader. Because if you work in an environment or you have some friends, and those friends cannot see, you know, what we are doing now, you can't do it because you are a Christian. If your friends can't say that, and they can do any promiscuous thing around you, it's because you are not a Christian. Because if you live a life of a Christian, they will single you out and say, even some of them, when they use swear words, they will say, please, I'm sorry. I have not supposed to say that before you. If that is you, your heaven is 100% guaranteed. But if you, when they are saying their words, even if you rebuke them, they say, shut up your mouth. Are we not the same? Ah, check your salvation, whether you really have the element of salvation on your head. Okay? Your way of life. Look at the book of Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Did you see this now? Your way of life and your faith should be something that others can emulate. Number two, you must copy Jesus in hard work. Hebrews 6, 12. It says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what has been promised. The first thing is that a Christian must not be lazy. You know, our country, Great Britain now, have brexited. And at last, the parliaments have united that we should trigger Article 50. Now, my lecturer has written a, an open note to everybody. Tell me what will be the end of Article 50. And I've written pages of what will end this debate. All right? But you know something? Before the end of the debate comes, you must succeed. You remember last year I told you when we were talking about Article 50, I said when you enter the new year, the government of Great Britain, this is what they'll be doing. They will clamp down on social benefits. You remember I told you that? So I said if you're on benefit, get out of it. That's the first thing that we suffer. Because see, there are, the government can't tell you the truth. Yes, if the government tells you all the truth, many people will commit suicide in England. There are some truth they will tell you, but there are some truth they can't tell you. Those truth they call it confidential truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if they say it, they will breach their duty, fiduciary duty of their office by, you know, exposing what is said to be confidential. But those confidential things, that's why we pray for Theresa May here all the time. You know, that God will give her wisdom and knowledge. Okay, because those things, when you, when you are in the government, you know all the truth, or most of the truth. And most of the truth you know. <laughs> if you are not married, you put your hand on your head and say, we are finished, all of us are gone. 
But the fact is that let me do what I can do and get out of it. Somebody has carried on the problem. But your role is this. Between now and the time that the determination will be concluded, you must be successful. You will be successful. I will teach you the way of the God of Jacob. You follow what I say? You can't miss it. Before the end of the month, I promise you I'm going to hold a symposium on Article 50, What Next? All right? And when I hold that symposium, I will print out all my, my write-ups and I give them to you, all of you. You can go and invest- I can send it to you by email, electronics, so that you can always check the references and you can go and check the facts of what I'm telling you. Because I can't tell you a lie. The reason why God allowed me to go and study that stuff before it now happened in England is because God wanted a righteous man who would tell the truth to everybody. Okay. But we understand that the truth of God is that in the days of famine, my people will enjoy plenty. So as I'm seeing the tide, and I'm seeing what will happen thereafter, I'm also seeing where the plenty is. And that's what I will discuss with you. But you see, you have to fortify yourself at this season. Because the boat is going to rock. It's already rocking because our, our fuel has gone up. And I told you how to mitigate for that. Don't drive your car everywhere you go. Go and buy a real car. And so leave your car for some time. Then I've told you also when you are driving your car, obey the speed limit. Because if you don't, it wears your tire. You have what it calls antipetal and centrifugal forces that react when your speed limit is beyond a particular the limit designed for the road. Because the road is designed with what they call camber on the crown, and then a cross fall on both sides. And that camber shifts according to the curve of the road. And if you run beyond the, the speed limit designed for the road, it wears your tire quick and it affects your engine. The same thing, you, you, you burn your fuel on time. If you, if you run 70 miles per hour, if you do the journey with 50 miles per hour, you will spend longer time on your fuel. In, in America, it's 60 miles per hour. What I do with 70 miles per hour? No matter how mild-minded mild you are, in America, if you run more than 60, they will, they will clamp you down. So they teach them long-suffering and patience <laughs> in America. <laughs> Hello. But you need it now in England because all those ways you can reduce your costs, don't put on your light all the time, switch it off. You better put in PR there so that when you come in, it comes in. When you go away, it goes out. So that you can reduce your head cost now, 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 not April. Because commodities will increase, I told you. And it's already increased. Really, this week they said that they couldn't find groceries. Alright? And let me say this to you. When the, when the Article 50 really goes on and we end Article 50, if we end it at all, there will be many, many problems. Alright? But when the things go tough, the tough keeps what going. That's the reason why now I have to arm you. We will not. Elijah is the one who called famine. Did he not have food to eat? <laughs> God will send your sparrow. Your ravens will bring your food. So, hard work. Don't be lazy. Imitate those who had gone ahead of you. And finally, in speech, number three, emulate Jesus in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and purity. First Timothy 4.12 Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, 
Impurity. Love everybody, including your enemies, if you have one. May God deliver you from that. Anybody who has enemy among you, I need to pray deliverance for you. Deliverance prayer. <laughs> Jesus said, bless your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Enemies don't determine your future. You do. Really, the way you handle your opposition, all right, is what determines what happened thereafter. One of the elements of um, cognitive reasoning is that you listen to every criticism constructively. Somebody may criticize you and the approach is wrong. But cognitive reasoning teaches you not to be angry because for someone to have criticized you, he has seen something. Now his communication of the criticism may not be reasonable. But you don't care about that because you are a cognitive reasoner. You want to know why. Once you can decipher why, you can then constructively help yourself and correct the stuff. Okay? Now, that is what makes man most intelligent. Because you can listen to everybody, what they are saying, constructively. And you can shut down things that are not constructive to your life in what you have had. But you can build on the things that are constructive even when spoken by a madman on the street. And you find all this in the Bible. Christians are supposed to be the most intelligent, the most successful in everything we do. Because that's the covenant of God with us. But the rules of it is that we just got to be careful in life, what we say, in love, in faith, in purity. Finally, what is the key behind the success of the apostles? They were a church that had no need. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, it gives you the template. What can a Christian do that you have no need? Okay? God will meet up all your needs. Your expectation will not be cut off. You will always find fulfillment of hope. A Christian shouldn't have hope and then is dashed all the time. This hope is that, that hope is that. When you have the prophetic spirit in you that can tell you about tomorrow, it can tell you about what you want to do and what will be the end before you start it. Everybody can have, can operate that. Everybody, everybody can operate that. When you know the end of the matter, it doesn't matter what happened between it. You won't be moved because you have been told the end. Are you with me now? If you look therefore at the scriptures, it says they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. One, teaching. Two, fellowship. Three, breaking of bread and four, prayer. Now, I will talk about these details, but I want to just talk about a little bit about teaching. Teaching of the word is your life. The knowledge of the word determines who you become. Really, all the principles of knowing Bible are the principles you need for success in business. If you are a lazy person before God, you can't go too far in your business proposition with, with all your intellects and degrees in it. Because serving God makes a man disciplined. It disciplines your mind. It disciplines your heart. It disciplines your acts. It disciplines your spirit. It disciplines your body. So unnecessary sickness cannot easily hit your body because you are keeping the rules of righteousness. And it says in the book of Isaiah 54, verse 17, No weapon for the against you will prosper. 
And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of those who fear the Lord. Yes? And he told you the reason why no weapon will affect you. Verse 15. He says, see, it is I who created all the demons and the devil to work havoc. It is I who gave them the power they manipulate to do their instrument. He said, because it came from me, if you can fear me, anything they throw at you will fail. Condition. Just fear me. Relationship with God. So, that is the reason why for me, God, only God, hello, <laughs> it's only God, huh? Alfred Williams, God, plus God, plus God, plus God, plus God, plus God, minus devil. <laughs> I used to be a boxer, come away champion, huh? But I know box man again, I box devil. Listen to me. Without God, we are nothing. We are nothing. Commit yourself, devote yourself to the teaching of the word. If you are a member of this house, devote yourself to my teaching. Devote yourself to my teaching. At least you have things in me you can you can ask God to do for you too. Yes, with my mouth, I commanded an evil bird on the sky. Before your eyes, it fell to the ground and is dead. With my mouth, I spoke. The blind saw. The lame walk. Dead have been raised. You have the testimony I showed. I spoke to you from doctor in America now. The boil for many years vanished. And many more you had on Friday. Now listen to me, therefore. And I took some of you to the land of voodoo. We went there, we came out, and nothing happened to us. So I'm not teaching you a theory here. I went to Jamaica, faced machine gun, brought an end to the Yadis in De La Vega City, Spanish town. Got their head saved. They dropped their AK-47. Listen to me. I have shown you a God that is not theory. He is practical, but those who seek him, find him. You know, in this church now, we have had home groups. You know, like uh, conventional church, you know, families come together, people come together and stuff like that. But I found out that it's different to what the Bible says. Okay? Because with it, there are still some Kids who have just been deceived by the devil. Let me say this to you. Because when you go to the collective home group, that is a family, family, family together, the children are excluded from it. But I saw in the Bible that they broke bread in their homes. So which means that you hear the word, every house for Jesus is the is covenant of God within us to Christ the tabernacle. We will have to start that from here. If you hear the word of God and you, your wife, if you haven't got kids yet, that's your home group. Okay? You teach yourself the word. If there is somebody who is not married, then they can join one family. Alright? 
Or two people who are not married can come together, or three. Okay? But the moment they get married, they detach. So that they and their family study the word. They and their family study the word. There is something that came to my understanding that there is some boys who are going about trying to woo youths into fraud. Okay? Unfortunately, just a few got involved in it. But you know something? Why? Because they don't read the Bible. Cases that have been brought to me, those children, their parents don't let them go to the youth meeting. And other youths are getting better. They are going to Oxford. They are going to Cambridge. They are going to university. They are graduating. They are working in the city, marching on ahead. I heard just this little fragment, one or two or three. Who just decided to derogate because they don't get involved in God's word? Though their parents go to home, home group. Somebody did something that is very impressive to me. He came home and found something in his, in his daughter's uh, letter. He just took that girl straight to the police station, straight, and reported her to the police. They had, she handed her daughter to the police that, take her. I don't know why, where she got this letter from. So the police now have to deal with her. I said that is a good mother who wants to go to heaven. And I have a special prayer point. Everybody doing fraud in London. Holy Ghost, expose them. Bind them and give them to the police. That's my prayer point. And I will pray serious now. Serious now. Because fraud is fraud. It's not fraud. <laughs> it's not of God. The Bible says everybody should learn how to walk to earn their living. So for me, home group from this month, those of you who have uh, families, three, four families, as long as those families have a roof over their head, when I finish with you, by next week or the other week, we disintegrate all those home groups. So that everybody, you take the, the lecture, you go to your home, husband, call your wife. Even there are some husband and wife who are not, they don't do fellowship. Husband pray by her himself. Wife pray by herself. How will God answer them? When God blesses unity, what will become of the children? Divided. So, we have to deal with that in CFT. From this, we have this week and next week. Then the other week, I expect this week, today, all home groups will meet. The home group leaders should come back to me by next week. Okay, on the number of home groups that is coming out of their home group. That is telling me the number of families that are starting home group in their homes. Home group is supposed to be you in your own house, and then you invite your neighbors. Okay? It's not a thing that you have to drive to or walk to. It is not a social gathering. It is a spiritual development for family, husband, wife, children. Are we understand? You understand me now? So therefore, because we got it wrong, all churches doing the system we adopt, check them today, they are gone. All of them, gone. Finished. Headache. But the apostles didn't have headache. Really, it bettered the life of individual members. It bettered the output of the church in the society. When people take Jesus into their house, Jesus dwells there. Anywhere you share the word of God has become an altar of the Most High. So everybody has the right to it. Therefore, 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Who knows how many you are here? That's the number of home groups you are going to have. Maybe, maybe times 0.75. Because we have couples among you. Yes? How many people are here? When you see my face again, you want to tell me that Apostle Hungup has started in my house. Hungup has started in my house. Hungup has started in my house. Then I begin to visit your house sometime. If you invite me. I hope you invite me. Even if you don't invite me, I will come to your house, my friend. <laughs> I am asking questions. And you are looking at me. If you see me at the door of your house, will you not open the door? If you don't, I will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, open! And the door will just go... I say, I have come. <laughs> I have come. The Lord will bless you. Amen. Let me leave you with this. There is no one under heaven who loves you more than the one who created you. And there is no better relationship you can have than intimating yourself with your maker. It is he who has written your destiny and kept it in your spirit. And unless he gives you the knowledge of it, you can never fulfill it. The Lord will strengthen and bless us. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for the spirit of devotion. That God gave me the spirit of devotion. Shall I begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Tell the Lord to give you the spirit of devotion. Lord, give me the spirit of devotion. Enable me, O God, to devote myself to you.